If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Matters of Life and Death. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. And Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. We must all learn to look upon death as an act of restitution. When we can do this, it will take on new light and become an integral part of a constant living process. This seems to suggest that death is a process, uh, a part of life, rather than its enemy. Is that how we, we is that how we should see it? Yes, um, it's part of a process. To say that death is an act of restitution doesn't mean, in the traditional uh, sense of the church, which um, concerns what you do when you sin and need to uh, repent. It's not that death should be viewed as punishment. The act of restitution in this sense, I, I think, means an act of restoration, restoring um, the life, indwelling the vehicle that has died, the form that has died, returning it to its source, to its true abiding place, we could say. That's what this statement from Alice Bailey means to, to me. It's an act of restoration of the indwelling life that it inhabited a particular physical form which no longer serves the purposes of that indwelling life and setting it free, returning it from whence it came when uh, the life first entered the form. To me, that thought takes death into a whole new dimension of... Um, a cycle of release and restoration followed by return, but all of it 
a part of life, just a, an ebb and flow of life. Yes, not only does the soul return to, uh, to its source, to the source of the one soul, but also the um, material, the uh, uh, elements in the physical body also uh, return, are subject to a return um, cycle. All the, uh, the elements in the atoms and the cells, they d uh, dissipate at, after the moment of death. I think most of us don't worry at all about them, <laughs> those little lives. They're no, on their own. But there's... I'm there's worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> they're also subject to this cycle yeah. of uh, birth and, and death, and mm -hmm. uh, so the, the body dis disintegrates, and all the elements, the atoms, return to a, its source too, their source. I think the best example of that I can ever recall seeing was in the uh, redwood forests of Northern California, seeing this huge old redwood that had fallen down from old age, rotted out, and it was stretched out over the forest floor with all kinds of new little shoots uh, popping out of it, new trees out of the carcass of this dead redwood. Well, the elements just became the uh, source for the new. Yes. And so the, the same elements, uh, after they have gone through the um, purifying stage of uh, a particular lifetime, because they do undergo uh, the stress and strains and the, up, uh, um, the redemption uh, qualities of a particular life, so they also are... Um, become the, the source for the, for the next life or for a next life or next body. I know that we recently did a series on um, death um, seen from the viewpoint of the soul and I don't want people to think that we are obsessed with this subject or that this is our area of expertise, but what set us off with this subject of matters of life and death were two very interesting articles in the New York Times recently. One was on a new cancer drug, fairly new, that um, seems to have an effect on, I think, four different types of very deadly cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer, maybe colon cancer, and one other, which I've forgotten. But the point of the article was that it's incredibly expensive, up to $100,000 a year for the patient, one patient, to be treated with this cancer drug. And the medical profession apparently has been very excited about the results, but somebody took another look and found that on the whole, it seems to extend or prolong life an average of four months. And that got me wondering, as the article did, is this really in society's best interests? It's a delicate um, subject to discuss because if one isn't a victim of that illness oneself you don't know what your decision might be uh, and I think it's quite probable that any of us would demand whatever treatment would extend our life by one more week or one more day I don't know until we're faced with that condition we don't know so I don't mean to be judgmental of individuals not at all but I think some of these questions are ones that we as a society have to deal with because 
I've heard it said that the vast amount of money that is spent on health care goes into two areas of life. Neonatal care to preserve the life of tiny little babies that in earlier times, even a few years ago, would inevitably have died. And to extend the care of the elderly at the very end of their lives, prolonging their lives, I think, by an average of six months. Those two ends of the spectrum are where the vast amount of our health care dollars go, goes. And uh, I think we have to be brave enough and thoughtful enough as a society to address some of the consequences of this. And the best way, I think, is by thinking about what we really mean by life and death. And that's what we're trying to bring out in this discussion. The death of the physical form is not necessarily the worst possible thing that happens. It might be liberation for the soul. Well, exactly. And that's what needs to be discussed more and more, particularly here in the West, because we have this great fear of death and we want to, the tendency, let's say, is to hold on to the physical body, this personality image, for as long as we can, and certainly that is the prerogative of any person who is facing the end of life to hold on to this physical body as long as they want to, but uh, is it uh, the best way? It, because what's involved here is not just the personal, not just the personality, not just the person. What's involved is the um, the soul itself, the plans of the soul, the cycles of the soul, and we we tend not to uh, see the whole process from that perspective, and that's really what we're trying to address in this program. There are other areas of um, medical care and uh, issues of life and death that are also becoming more and more prominent. Uh, one has to do with in vitro fertilization to enable couples to have children who would have uh, in past times been considered infertile. And that again involves a vast amount of money, uh, often a lot of um, physical suffering for the woman. and. Um, Yet, it's a question that people feel they dare not uh, address without seeming um, uncompassionate and unsympathetic. But maybe there is a, a point of view that can say that some things are the way they are because that's the way they're supposed to be. Certain conditions in life are the way they are because the soul has deemed it right for them to be so. I don't know how much we should fight against the will of the soul. And that sometimes is what modern medicine and science seem to enable us to do, to fight off. Right. It, so it tends to prolong the uh, cycle of the soul. And, of course, we, it, it's hard to determine perhaps what the uh, intentions of the soul are because it is the soul in a natural process of death it is the soul that uh, determines when to uh, when to uh, well pull the plug <laughs> in other words I hate to put it in that way but uh, that's a kind of what 
it's up to the soul to decide that and it has perhaps determined that way in advance even before the life began that this life cycle will be so long and uh, no longer for its purposes so we don't tend to see it from that angle and that's what's missing in the discussion there was another interesting article in the New York Times recently and that had to do with the subject of suicide and um, the fact that they find suicide is quite often a spur of the moment decision not as one would think long planned out and prepared for and plotted by the person who wants to end his life but in fact a sudden and kind of spontaneous decision that uh, they are finding can be prevented with a few strategic changes in the physical layout of what bridges, buildings, places where people tend to end their lives. Right, and particularly um, bridges because people tend, to, those who are bent on suicide often aim for a bridge and uh, uh, jumping off bridges. And they found that if you just raise the height of the railing on the bridge, that this prevents a, a sudden impulse to jump over. Is the assumption that the person then says, well, all right, the heck with it, I will just live my life? Yes, sometimes they say that only a few minutes is necessary just to give the person a chance to think twice about this act of jumping off. And uh, if you have to really work at crawling up this bridge and climbing over the railing, then maybe they'll see that it isn't really worth it. Uh, maybe they have second thoughts about it. And they, they see that Having a higher rail just gives a little extra time to think about it and you know, yeah. give second thoughts. You know, that reminds me of something in a new book that's been talked about in the news a lot, Stroke of Insight by a brain scientist who had a stroke and writes about the effects of her recovery. It's It's been in the news a lot and it's very interesting. And she says that the brain needs about 90 seconds to recover from some decision or idea or reaction, like say you, you lose your temper. If you give yourself about 90 seconds, the brain can recover and you can settle down, and then you can move on in a more uh, sane and calm way. I wonder if that's linked to this sudden impulse to suicide. Given a little time, they settle down. Well, yes. I mean, the studies have, have found this out in this article that mentioned in the New York Times. It mentioned just that very thing. They've done studies that uh, show that any little physical prevention act like that will often deter uh, a potential um, jumper. For those people who just tuned in, <coughs> you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, matters of life and death. We have a free offer from Lucis Trust and and there's no strings attached. A lot of times people say, well, there must be a shipping charge, uh, which would be understandable. But in this case, from Lucis Trust, there are absolutely no strings attached. It's totally for free. Just call us up and uh, you can receive the gift. And the gift is two World Goodwill newsletters. Um, the, uh, the World Goodwill, Goodwill newsletter is, um, uh, is part of Lucis Trust, and it um, comes out periodically. Uh, what is that, once a month? Quarterly, I'm sorry, it comes out quarterly, and uh, these two articles really relate very much to today's conversation, today's show. 
one goodwill goodwill newsletter is entitled what is life and the other one what is death and so you can have both of these newsletters letters uh, sent to you just by giving us a call asking for those newsletters ask for the goodwill newsletters what is life and then and number two is what is death give us a call at one eight six six n y lucis think of one eight six six New York Lucis L U C I S. See even even the call is free. It's a toll free number. Um, that's the easy way to remember it. If you'd like to know the uh, numbers, it's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. And once again, ask for the two free Goodwill newsletters. Uh, number one is what is life. Number two is, what is death? We thank you for your donations. Um, uh, You've kept us on the air. We thought we'd have to go off the air. Thanks to you, we've remained on the air, but we have a long way to go. Uh, We're not able to pay for a lengthy contract. You've given us uh, a few more months, and we totally appreciate that. We enjoy doing these shows, and... uh, uh, if you would continue donating, we'd really appreciate it. We'd like to be able to one day say that we're guaranteed another year on the radio on WOR, but um, as of yet, we can't say that. So please to send donations. Uh, they are tax deductible. Send donations to Lucis Trust, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. We certainly know that it's a... A difficult economy, and we understand if it's, if it's impossible, but uh, we certainly appreciate it uh, that you've made donations and kept us on the air for a while longer. Anyway, I guess our dream is to have someone, uh, maybe some big corporation or wealthy individual, underwrite the show, and uh, I guess that probably uh, uh, one's biggest concern is, well, if I underwrite the show, am I uh, am I going against my own religion? Well, this Lucis Trust is not a religion, and as you know, those people who listen for a long time, it's about spiritual evolvement, um, uh, actualizing the whole, the, um, uh, the highest potential of one's spiritual consciousness, and having the right values that seem to be in sync with uh, a high level of spiritual consciousness, and then applying those spiritual values to everyday life. So. Uh, if some big corporation or if some wealthy individual wants to underwrite us, we'd certainly appreciate us appreciate it. And uh, you can be a part of this show in the sense that we would mention your name as uh, being responsible for the continuance of a show that uh, has a lot of great values and seems to be impacting people all over the world. So if you'd like to do that, give us a call once again at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven, or send uh, donations, uh, smaller donations, to Lucis Trust. 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust. 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. All of our Intersight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find the link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard www.lucistrust.org I was thinking that um, as you were mentioning something about the latest developments in science, I was, I was uh, thinking of an article that I had read in, I think it was Time Magazine or Newsweek, I'm not sure, about how today they have the people have the ability to 
choose the gender of their baby, which is mm-hmm. remarkable. What they mm-hmm. do is they'll, uh, and I hope I'm getting this right, they'll um, make it so that only male sperms are available. They'll mm-hmm. eliminate all the female or the male, depending on what the parents uh, desire as far as the gender of the child. And then they can more or less guarantee that they can have exactly the uh, the gender of the child that they want, either male or mm-hmm. female. So I wonder how that affects the soul. <laughs> well, I wonder, too, or if you live in some societies, they just drown the girl babies. Oh you know, God, that, wow. That's also a way to uh, eliminate the, the unwanted female child. It's a real problem in some societies where they have a huge... Um, surplus of men who wish they could find wives and uh, duh, there are not enough women to go around Uh, one could do the mathematics of that whole, Mm -hmm. anyway Uh, yes, that's one more area where we can interfere we could say, uh, intervene in uh, matters that used to be left to the mystery of forces beyond our control we spend so much time trying to figure out um, when does life begin this whole endless debate over abortion and the right to to life and women's rights. When does life begin? The ageless wisdom would say life is. It doesn't end. It doesn't begin. Life is. There's um, an ancient rule of healing which says there is naught but energy, for God is life. And whether the form dies or is reborn into a new form matters not. Life is one and naught can take or touch that life. Right, and uh, that's one thing in in the uh, whole issue of uh, abortion that is not really discussed here again. It's, it's this this needs more more discussion about the, the metaphysical aspect of life and death. And as you say, life doesn't begin at the moment of conception because life is already present. It's present in the sperm. It's present in the egg. These two um, organisms do their thing. They come together and a new form is started, but not a new life because it's a new new, uh, form that has already uh, been uh, energized by the life that's already in existence. So uh, there, there is no real uh, ending or beginning to life. And I think that's the point that, at least as far as I understand the process, and I think that that's a point that needs to be brought out and discussed before they start making, Congress starts making legislation that uh, is obviously erroneous. Well, a lot of the uh, discussion centers on the assumption that life in form is tangible and real, and if it can't be seen, it isn't real. And that contradicts what the Ageless Wisdom says. We've spoken often on these programs about the etheric body, which is the the substantial body, body we could say, that underlies, substands, the outer tangible material form and according to the ageless wisdom everything a rock a human being a plant a tree all have energy bodies that underlie the outer tangible physical form and that's where the life aspect really expresses itself on that inner underlying um, energy body we know the expression the web of life which ecology has 
brought uh, to the public consciousness. And that's a good expression for this sense of the, the subjective interconnection, interrelatedness that knits together the whole universe and that makes the impact of one part of the organism so powerful on other organisms. We aren't all little separated islands remote from each other, but everything is knit together on the level of this etheric component. And that's where the life resides and withdraws and then returns to outer form, which Alice Bailey calls the garment, as if one can just shrug off a garment, and that is what the soul does at the moment of death. It shrugs off its garment, but it doesn't cease to exist. The garment being the body. The body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's the, the soul is the immortal part that continues on, and that's the, that's the essential nature of every human being, of you and me and everybody out there listening. It, you... The, the soul will continue and you don't die and this idea that we're all going to die well it's, it's a common way of expressing it but uh, actually there is no death it's just a, a process of moving from one state of consciousness to another and it's uh, this is all explained and talked about in these two uh, newsletters in fact that we're offering today so <clears throat> you can get a little more information from those. What I think is so fascinating about this whole discussion of uh, death and the soul is the realization in the writings of Alice Bailey that the process of death is closely linked to liberation and freedom because she says the true spiritual meaning of freedom is the pulling away from form. Form is inherently and inevitably a limitation. Uh, Was it Shakespeare that said, ah, that this too too solid flesh would melt? Well, (laughs) form is a limitation to the indwelling life. It's a vehicle, it's a garment, it serves a purpose, but it's also inevitably a limitation because it's, it's a restriction. And the true freedom is pulling away from form. If we could think of death as the release of the inbound, indwelling life from a form that no longer serves its purpose, perhaps we'd view it with more joy and acceptance. Right, and I think if we really think about it, uh, getting back for a moment to this idea of suicide, it may be a deterrent for for one contemplating suicide to think about uh, the nature of death because you're not going to really die. You're just going to prolong the the problems. And delay and interrupt the soul's plan. Exactly. And that's this perspective that you have to uh, kind of begin to try to understand and see it from that perspective. Nothing is solved. I mean, we think that suicide might end our difficulties. In fact, it just prolongs, like you say, and waits for our return, and the problem will still have to be worked out. So it's better to just stay with the difficulty and try to understand it and rise above it somehow. These are fascinating matters, and we've only taken a stab at them. We've done our best. (laughs) 
and you can um, even explore it in greater depth if you take a look at uh, today's newsletters, uh, the ones that we're giving you for free that pertain to today's topic. Our theme today has been matters of life and death. And the two free newsletters that you can ask for is, number one, what is life? Number two is, what is death? And the way you can get those newsletters for free is just um, uh, give us a call, one eight six six ny lucis Think of one eight six six new york lucis L-O-U-C-I-S. And we... Uh, we want you to, oh, another way of remembering it too, call the number, the uh, actual numerical number, 1 866 695 8247. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. It's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.